From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hi there, I'm Graham, VK4BB, VK4Baker Baker. This is the WIA National News, this edition July 5, 2015. This year, we mark 100 years since the nationalisation of lighthouses. Soon after New South Wales was founded in 1788, convicts built Australia's first marine light on South Head at the Sydney Harbour entrance. The simple tripod-mounted iron basket was replaced in 1818 by our first lighthouse, Macquarie Light. The colonies, the states, had their own lighthouses, in different style and using local materials. But in July 1915, the Commonwealth accepted responsibility for all light stations. Australia Post will this Tuesday, July 7, issue a book of lighthouse-themed postage stamps as part of the centenary celebration. A great idea to pick up a few of those books and use them on your QSL cards during the International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend in August. The Jungle Battle of the Kokoda Track, or as some call it, the Kokoda Trail, is ingrained in our memories. It will be commemorated in the WIA Anzac 100 program twice this month. The Battle of Kokoda Track and its four-month struggle followed the enemy landing in Papua in July 1942. The Eastern Mountain District Radio Club has VI3 Anzac for a week from July 20. It will have some portable operation from the Kokoda Memorial Track at Ferntree Gully in Melbourne's Outer East, as well as activity from the Burwood Club Rooms. Vince Henderson, VK7VH, on air as VK100WIA on July 21, also commemorating Kokoda. On July 24 and for three days, the Ritty Mode joins in with the VK100 Anzac event called Lest We Forget. John McRae, VK5PO, plans Ritty on 80 metres to 6 metres, aiming for, well, just about everywhere. And I guess when that name John McRae comes up, many will remember that famous poem. In August, a DX entity is likely to join the Anzac 100 program with an Anzac suffix call sign. More news about that soon, and meantime, further appropriate events are invited to join in. Contact WIA Director and Vice President Fred Swainston, VK3DAC. And in Europe, ON1418WOD, Oscar November 1418, Whiskey Oscar Delta. Special event, World War I Station. It happens July 19, and will remember all of the victims of the Wire of Death, between 14 and 18, in Hammett Atchel, Belgium. Of course, WOD standing for Wire of Death. Record-making Aussie Balloon finally returns home. How long is a week? Well, in the life of PS46, quite a while. Unless it was that extra second added to world time this week. That pesky party balloon, which last week in the news we had as home free for number three circumnavigation, sort of took a different route. After heading north, the petulant Pico party-type balloon, PS46, carrying an amateur radio payload, floated over the Indian Ocean near Cocos Keeling Island, or within 660 kilometres of Jakarta, Indonesia. There, the solar-powered high-altitude balloon was track-taking a heart-shaped course over several days before heading back to West Australia, coming ashore Tuesday over Exmouth. Under a jet stream influence, it then floated over Australia's interior, north of Alice, to its starting point, albeit a week later than earlier thought, and then a Queensland exit. 
PS46, launched by Andy VK3YT way back May 23, has had a marvellous flight. He's thanked all who have followed the balloon series, and particularly the tracker network, using data sent by the payload 25mW transmitter on HF. The PS46 balloon had circumnavigated the Southern Hemisphere after 12 days back on Thursday, June 4, and with this latest crossover, is set to begin a third trip around the globe. Now, set for July 22 at the monthly meeting in VK1, a presentation on high-altitude balloons is set to be given by Ravi Rudd, included in the presentation, and information on all the radio techniques used, one not to miss, in VK1, July 22. In VK9, WIA Board further considers the Norfolk Island 2016 AGM. The WIA Annual General Meeting proposed next May in Norfolk Island and is now moving to the next phase after receiving over 130 expressions of interest. The concept is continuing to be developed and will be identifying the final cost of packages for travel and accommodation. Also, live streaming of the AGM and its open forum from the island is also being considered. Also at that AGM, the WIA board farewelled Diane from the National Office and couldn't thank Diane enough for all her effort and assistance over the last, would you believe, nine years. We certainly hope we hear Diane's call on air during her planned travels. Listen out for VK3 FDIZ. The board has agreed to review the office position descriptions and while this is taking place, Diane's role is being filled using an employment agency, a temp. By the end of this year, the WIA will be very close to running out of the foundation manual, already in its second reprint. Stocks of this popular publication have been reviewed and the WIA board has decided to seek pricing of a further reprint and is mindful though that the ACMA may remake the license condition determinations of our regulations. However, there will be sufficient stocks available for all prospective Foundation licensed candidates to study the theory and reg knowledge they need. What use is an F-call? Amateur radio is a hobby that gains and loses members, as does any other hobby. One aspect of the hobby differs, that of licensing. To join amateur radio, you need to be licensed. That is to say, if you want to transmit rather than receive. In the vast majority of cases, the place where people join is as an F-call. They do their course, do their exam, and after paying the requisite fees, they gain their license. After that, they're pretty much left on their own. Amateur radio clubs also gain and lose members. There's a certain movement of amateurs between clubs, but new members can essentially only come from one source, that is, new amateurs. So why is it that the majority of clubs in amateur radio are not geared up to dealing with new amateurs? I know that there are occasional talks, the odd presentation, the infrequent training, but that's about it. I know there is at least one club who has lowered their fees for an F-call, and I'm sure it does something for people joining, but I cannot say that it fills me with great thrill to see that this is the sum total of the marketing ability of amateur radio clubs. Why do clubs not have an induction manual? a buddy system, a club mentor, a new welcoming event, special F-call activities, inter-club events, and public activities specifically geared towards those who have just, or about to, join the community. It's staggering to me that a ready source of new enthusiasm that F-calls represent are not snaffled up, that clubs don't go to the effort of sending a letter to new amateurs as they appear in the ACMA database. I know for a fact that F-calls are hungry for information, for community, for belonging, for participating, and often they have some money to spend. So what are you waiting for? 
Permission? I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Visiting the UK later this year, the RSGB convention takes place over the 9th to 11th of October at Kent's Hill Conference Centre in Milton Keynes. More lectures have been confirmed. Steve Nichols, Golf Zero Kilo Yankee Alpha, will be speaking on understanding HF propagation with a look at the sun, sunspots, solar flares, coronal mass ejections and their effects on HF. He will also discuss propagation prediction programs and where amateurs can get solar information. Ian White, Golf Mike 3 Sierra Echo Kilo, will help visitors to clean up their shack by showing you how you can reduce noise levels on receive and reduce risks of causing interference. CISPR 11 Standard The CISPR 11 Standard with the catchy title of Industrial Scientific and Medical Equipment Radio Disturbance Characteristics Limits and Methods of Measurement covers electronic power devices such as solar inverters. Although there were voltage limits for conducted emissions at the mains port in the past, limits for the connections to the solar cells were missing. After a positive vote of the international standard bodies, CISPR 11 ED 6.0 is about to appear officially. In this new version, limits finally apply for the DC terminals, in particular for systems up to 2 kVA in residential environments. The IARU has worked with the standardisation bodies over the last five years to achieve this, but the work in terms of photovoltaic does not end here. With the current limit, however, a reasonable protection for shortwave reception has already been achieved. FUDCube 10073 glitch and commanded reboot. On Sunday the 21st of June there was an anomaly on FUDCube 1 that required the reboot of the satellite's microcontroller. After a bus freeze, the data bus watchdog did kick in as expected and rebooted the satellite. However, they needed to command the satellite back onto automatic mode. When done so, it came back up in the correct mode. FunCube is still happy and healthy. This is the fourth reboot since launch, of which one was intentional. We've heard lots here in the WIA national news of balloon launches, in the main by Andy over in Melbourne. Well, in the UK on Monday the 29th of June, three high-altitude balloons from Essex schools and colleges transmitted slow-scan digital video in the 434 MHz band. The balloons, part of the Educational Science, Technology, Engineering and Mathematics Initiative, STEM, were taken to an approved site at Ellsworth, Cambridge for the launch. The balloon from the Boswells School, Chelmsford, reached an altitude of 36,937 metres. It had the callsign BWELLS and transmitted frequency shift keying ASCII and RITI. Stewards Academy Harlow achieved an altitude of 39,876 metres. 
their call sign SWARDS. The Prospects College of Advanced Technology Basildon reached an altitude of 38,659 metres with their balloon call sign PROSP. All three balloons transmitted images using SSDV. Individual packets from an image were received by radio amateurs across the UK and Northeast Europe and automatically uploaded to a central server with the final image being built from all the good packets and displayed on the web for all to see. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Weird and wonderful, I'm Jason VK2LAW. Tunable liquid metal antennas for tuning into anything. Tuning in is getting to be a complicated thing. The Internet of Things will need more microwave bands with shorter wavelengths. Phones are already needed to link to GPS and Wi-Fi services on top of 4G and other cellular networks. And in the future, they are likely to have to contend millimetre wave bands for 5G services. All those need antennas of different lengths and shapes to accommodate the sometimes widely spread wavelength bands. Monopole antennas, consisting of a single conducting rod, transmit maximum power when their length corresponds to half the wavelength of the RF signal. But for devices operating at different wavelengths, this becomes a problem. The present solution is to have a switchable filter bank along with switchable and or multi-band antennas, says Jacob Adams, an engineer at North Carolina State University. These solutions take up a lot of space and a single widely tunable element has the potential to replace several of these fixed components. The recent issue of the Journal of Applied Physics explains just such an element a liquid metal antenna that can continuously adapt to different wavelengths by changing its length inside a capillary. Such antennas have been developed in the past but with little success because they rely on pneumatic pumps for controlling the length in the capillary, making integration into electronics difficult. Instead of external pumps, the NC State researchers used a voltage to control the amount of liquid metal allowed to flow into a capillary. Michael Dickey, a chemical engineer at NC State, discovered that a voltage across the interface of a liquid metal, such as an alloy of gallium or indium, combined with an electrolyte, could cause the liquid metal to spread or to contract, depending on whether the voltage is positive or negative. The researchers used the electrochemical control of the fluidity of the liquid metal to coax it into and out of a capillary. Their setup resembled a fever thermometer where the length of the mercury column in a capillary is controlled by the thermal expansion of the mercury in a reservoir connected to the capillary. But instead of temperature, the engineers used voltage. Tuning the voltage allowed them to control the length of the metal column in the capillary. News, talk and radio sport here with VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ 2015. Trans-Tasman Contest, 18th July from 0800 hours UTC. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 1 and 2. Remembrance Day Contest, August 15 and 16. Oceania DX Contest, Voice, first full weekend in October. Oceania DX Contest, CW, second full weekend in October. Of course, after all contests, it just remains for you to send your paperwork in. Pronto. 
We are joined now by WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with a call for final logs for the winter VHF UHF field day, held over the 20th and 21st of June. Submit your logs, folks. Make the other participants happy. The deadline is midnight, 6th July. That's tomorrow. May I suggest you do it before you start on your Sunday roast lamb dinner. Get cracking and get those logs in, people. What were the new sections to enter? You never know how it might turn out. If you participated in the winter VHF UHF field day and handed out a few serial numbers, it does not matter if you had just one contact, four contacts, ten contacts or a hundred. Write up a log and submit it. If you made a small number of contacts, you can prepare a log with nothing more than a text editor, which is what I did last year. It's not hard these days. Guidance is on the WIA website, on the VHF UHF Field Days page, under Contests. You can submit your electronic log using the Log Upload facility on that page. Logs uploaded after 2400 hours Eastern Standard Time will not be accepted. So, one contact, ten contacts or one hundred. Get cracking! This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK 2ZRH for VK1 WIA News. From contest to special event stations, DX Began, Repeater and Net Advice. HE200G commemorates the 200th anniversary of Geneva's entrance into the Swiss Confederation. The beginnings of modern Switzerland go back to the year 1291, when the three German-language Alpine forest areas signed the Federal Charter. Over the centuries, more Cantons allied themselves to the original three, and among the last was the Republic of Geneva on the 19th of May 1815. HE200G will be active with all amateur bands throughout 2015, and contacts will be valid for the Diploma of Geneva. QSL via HB9AOF. Tour de France, PA15TOUR. From the 1st or the 28th of July, club station PI4UTR will be on the air with a special Tour de France call. PA15TOUR. Star of the Tour will be in the City of Utrecht on the 4th of July. Club Station website www.pi4utr.nl. OZ90IARU. On the occasion of the 90th anniversary of the IARU, Danish radio amateurs will be active with a special event call. OZ90IARU. In the period now until December 31, 2015. Broadcast Monitoring SWL and Scanner News WRTH Free Update Sean Gilbert wrote in the WRTH Facebook group WRTH has released a free update for the A15 schedules file. This PDF contains frequency changes, address, etc., updates and some new stations. Please visit the World Radio and TV Handbook website www.wrth.com and navigate to latest WRTH updates. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ in England. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV, the World Digital ATV QSO Party. Marking its fifth year, this growing annual event is held in August. Melbourne anchor and organiser Peter Cossens, VK3BFG, says that on Friday night, August 21st, it'll be for VK ATVers, 
while on Saturday morning, which is Friday night in the US, the rest of the world joins in. The first session on that day is with WR8 ATV in Columbus, Ohio, followed by the W6 ATN network in Southern California. And then later, the home country's ATV group repeater, GB5HV, in Upper Hale, Surrey, United Kingdom. Art, WA8RMC, will be in control in Ohio, while Don, KE6BXT, is in charge of the W680 network in Southern California. Peter, VK3BFG, is available for any station not in reach of the Melbourne Geelong ATV repeater to use the Skype name of DATVQSO Party. For the World Digital ATV QSO Party, it's suggested to prepare one or two short videos of the shack, antennas and projects completed or in progress. Worldwide Special Interest Group's digital MacLogger DX version 5.62 has been released. Dogpark Software is pleased to announce that version 5.62 of MacLogger DX has been released. It supports close to 100 radios, automatically tuning to the spots that you're interested in and optionally swinging your beam around. This is a free update for all version 5 customers and can be downloaded from the address in the text edition of WIA National News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Nine satellites to be launched. Nine satellites designated CAS-3A to CAS-3I with payloads operating in the amateur bands are expected to be launched on the 20th of July on the new CZ-6 rocket. The Chinese amateur satellite group CAMSAT says that six of the satellites CAS-3A to CAS-3F are equipped with substantially the same amateur radio payloads. This will be a 20 kHz bandwidth, 435, 145 MHz, 100mW linear transponder for SSB and CW communications, a CW telemetry beacon and an AX25 19.2K, 9.6K BPS GMSK telemetry downlink. CAS-3G has 9.6K GMSK AX25 downlinks on 145 MHz and 437 MHz, CAS-3H carries a 145 MHz APRS, an FM transponder and a 437 MHz CW beacon, while CAS-3I has a 9.6K FSK telemetry downlink on 437 MHz. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW Historic Maritime Navigation Building Honoured the 300th registration for the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend held in August goes to the Point San Luis Lighthouse in Oliva Beach, California, USA. Now celebrating its 125th birthday, the facility has just been reopened thanks to a dedicated team of volunteers who spent 15 years and raised $1.5 million to restore the area to its past glory. The beautifully restored square wooden 12 metre tall lighthouse built in 1890 is nestled in Parkland with views stretching from Oliva to Vandenberg. It's the only surviving Prairie Victorian model lighthouse on West Coast USA. Point San Louis is to be activated by Bill Ree, WA6LJR, using a HF transceiver into a long wire antenna. There are just over 300 from 30 countries now registered in the International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend on August 15th and 16th. The dedicated website and online registration guidelines are available at illw.net. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amity Old Timers.
As normal at the start of a month, it's over to our man in the West for news from the RAOTC. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey, with the usual reminder that tomorrow, Monday July the 6th, the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's monthly news and information bulletin goes to air. This month, as well as all the usual RAOTC news, we have items on Project Highball, about the atmospheric balloon measurements in the 1960s, some science updates, printing in space, and some follow-up comments on electric cars, which were discussed last month. The principal HF transmission will be on 20 metres, on 14.150 MHz upper sideband, at 0100 UTC, beamed north from Melbourne for the eastern states. An hour later, at 0200 UTC, there will be a 40 meter transmission from Perth on 7060 kHz lower sideband, plus a simultaneous transmission via all linked NewsWest VHF and UHF repeaters. Additionally, tomorrow, numerous local relays will take place. Details for your local area transmissions can be found at the RAOTC website www.raotc.org.au And remember that as from Tuesday, you can download the audio file from this website. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is cordially invited to listen to this interesting half-hour of old-timer news, information and anecdotes, and to participate in the callbacks afterwards. So once again, the RAOTC Monthly Bulletin is scheduled for tomorrow, Monday, July the 6th. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Thanks, Clive. Now to Radio Amity Young Timers. Ham Radio helps a teen with disabilities. Dots and dashes change the life of 17-year-old Zachary, KK4RUT of Virginia. The Newburn Sun Journal reports that Zachary, who is legally blind in one eye due to optic nerve hypoplasia, and has a form of bipolar disorder, has built his self-confidence and a worldwide social network by learning Morse code and becoming a radio amateur. His love of dots and dashes can be traced to second grade when he and his father built a makeshift telegraph and to eighth grade when he earned a Boy Scout amateur radio merit badge. After that, KK4RUT said, I started studying to get an amateur radio operator licence. I passed the test on my first try at age 15. Amateur radio gave me an escape and brought me more friends. I developed contacts with people all over the world. He said that an amateur radio operator friend of his was developing a program for young people with certain disabilities like autism to become more active in the radio amateur community. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting Congratulations to Ray Aldous, G8CBU, who was awarded the MBE in this year's Queen's Birthday Honours for his service to scouting. Ray became interested in radio while he was a student at Luton Technical College and he joined the RAF in 1951 as a wireless mechanic. He was posted to Egypt and it was there that he became a leader in the scout movement. After leaving the RAF, he continued as a scout leader with the 7th Luton Troop. His interest in radio was rekindled when he accompanied his scouts to the 1966 Joda station in Luton and two years later he gained his amateur radio licence. 
Ray has been involved in Jota since 1966 and over the years has inspired a number of scouts and leaders into becoming licensed and influenced a few amateurs into getting involved with scouting. Congratulations, Ray. Worldwide special interest groups of VHF and above. A new world distance record on 2.3 and 3.4 gigahertz ham bands. The ALL report that two Californian radio amateurs, one of them in Hawaii, have set new world distance records of 4,024 kilometers on the 2.3 and 3.4 gigahertz microwave amateur bands. Wayne Overbeck. N6NB on the Big Island of Hawaii worked Gregory Campbell W6IT near Orange, California on both bands a distance of more than 4,024 kilometres. The contacts blew away records that had stood for more than 20 years and more than doubled previous distance records for a two-way voice contact on those frequencies. Well done, guys. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Alrighty, thanks for listening to WIA and the National News Service. I'm Graham VK4BB on the social scene. July, early July in VK4, the Caboolture Ham Fest. Gips Tech 2015, July 11 to 12 in VK3. July 18 in VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club, the Ham Fest at Cranbourne. Alara's 40th birthday lunch, coming up very close now, July 25, that's at Glen Waverley. Contact VK3VIP at wia.org.au for further details. And the big one in VK4 doesn't happen until September, September 12, Sunfest at Wombai. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.